2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. As we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours, thanks for spending some of your morning here with us uh Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list today. Bottom of the hour, just one guest in the first hour, Tom Kaker, We're going to move him, bump him up a little bit uh, from Friday where he normally joins us. Until today, we will uh, get into the Chris Murray news, some other Hawkeye-related topics, Big Ten-related topics coming up. Uh boy Michigan had a couple of uh um not death knells to the roster, but uh some certainly some important guys moving on that thought maybe they might come back for another year, but we'll get into the Big Ten uh with uh, Tom Kaker coming up at the bottom of the hour. At eleven oh five, Tommy Birch is going to join us. ICubs are in town. Twins affiliate, right? Saint Paul is in the they are uh is in the other dugout and well, a lot of the guys that were in the I-Cubs dugout to begin the season are in the Chicago Cubs dugout, so uh, it was great to see again last night. Christopher Morel, Trent, this story, this kid, he's, he's just, uh, that personality is infectious mm-hmm. as he uh, hits a sack fly to drive in the winning run in extra innings last night, and the team went bananas, good to see. Uh, so we will talk to Tommy Birch coming up at 11.05, and then uh, Kyle Lowry. Who's joined us uh, throughout the uh, NBA playoffs will be with us uh, as we get set to, well, witness game number one, Golden State and Boston. Uh, that goes tonight. Uh, eight o'clock schedule tip, so 8.20, what do you expect? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. You've got Ankeny versus Ankeny on the diamond tonight, so maybe now you probably wouldn't be done by
0: 8.20. No, no. It's probably, I'll be home. Second half for sure. Absolutely. Yep. Locked in and... We'll have it on the DVR if there's anything exciting happening in the first half. I'll go back and watch that. But hopefully just settle in and, and watch some good stuff there, along with some hockey tonight. Yeah, back to
2: the Western Conference. We shall go. The Rangers draw first blood uh, uh, in their Eastern Conference final last night. Game went over. Um, look, Vasilevsky was rusty. There's here, Here's the thing with hockey. Uh, that You... you it's one thing for the players to get nine days off mm-hmm. and to try and keep their conditioning. and Yeah, they bump into each other a little bit. It, you hear game shape proposed to practice. There's nothing like. But when it comes to the goalie, the last thing you want to do is hurt him. Mm-hmm. Even in warm-ups of a hockey game, the last thing you want to do is shoot high. You shoot at his pads. You build up his confidence. Uh-huh. You shoot at maybe you know the middle of his body, um, chest protector. But don't hurt him. Don't embarrass him. Uh, and, and goalies just don't get that in, in the nine days that, and it showed last night. I would anticipate tomorrow night, although it was dead wrong last night. Had the team right. We both do. We both <laughs> yeah. like the Rangers. Thought it'd be a low scoring game. It was not uh, tomorrow. We shall see. But the news, uh, the way, where we have to start local news, uh, Chris Murray is back, uh, as a Hawkeye. That seemed like a foregone conclusion. Uh, although Kenny was on uh, with uh, Lystico and company last night, and apparently there were some promises.
0: Yes, absolutely. And they did not get the ultimate promise of a first-round draft pick. R- which they were waiting for, right? There were lots of teams, though, that were interested. And the conversations were happening, but teams weren't willing to go that far. Right. And give them the guarantee, either late first round or even early second with a two-way deal, or something like that. Now, remember Luka Garza signed, what was it, a three-year contract mm-hmm. with the Pistons? And, and those kind of guarantees that are out there that... Though it's not as solidified as what you get the first round, you get something like that, you take it. Mm -hmm. It was close. And something that I relayed what over a month ago, we talked about that there was a good chance that he was going to stay in the draft. And I think that played out kind of in the fashion that a lot of people anticipated. A lot of people that I talked to thought was going to be. Ultimately for the Murrays and for Chris, his decision was without that first round guarantee, I'm going to come back for another season at Iowa. And, and
2: the face of the basketball, well, head they, coach. but yeah, uh, They but they need him. Yes, absolutely do. Way. Absolutely do. Iowa State could have used A.J. Green. Yeah, uh, they did not get him. That surprised me a little bit. But you know what? Uh, and, and the T.J. Otzelberger extension, we'll get into that as well. Two major pieces of news from Ames yesterday. One positive, one didn't go their way. But we both feel, now, you know what? I don't put words in your mouth. A.J. Green, a fringe, I mean, fringe NBA Yeah. He's but, 6'4". He can shoot it. He can handle it. But fringe. Yes. 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Comes to Iowa State, plays a year in the Big 12. Has a good year in the Big 12. He's still a fringe player next year in right. the NBA, but he's 23. Mm-hmm. And, the, and and you hear it all the time when it comes to the NBA draft. 22 is almost, it's almost too old. Right. We want the 19-year-old kid. Do. So I think as much as anything, trying to read between the lines, A.J. Green's 22. A.J. Green, the, the, he's, he's not going to improve his stock going to Iowa State, I don't think. Even if he had a crazy year, went bananas, still, a lot of guys go bananas in their respective team and their respective conferences and then never get a sniff. He's 22 as opposed to 23. Now is the time. Don't you think that played into it? Oh, I think that's a huge part of it, absolutely.
0: And get that clock started and go, and it's going to be a grind. I mean, for him to make an NBA roster, I think the likelihood of that is going to take... Probably years mm-hmm. in the G League to get to that level, to get to that point. Go yep. watch a G League game.
2: Is he I, Matt Thomas? Matt Thomas took a while and got a
0: chance. No, he can shoot it. He handles it better than Matt Thomas ever did. I mean, Matt Thomas was pretty strictly a spot-up shooter. Yep. You know, That's what he was. Green, I think there's more dimensions to his game, more mm-hmm. things he can do. I think he can be a point guard, and that's, that's going to be his calling guard. It's not going to be as a two-guard at the next level. If he's no. going to make the league, it's going to be as a point guard. That's what he has to show, an ability, and an ability to defend. And that's a big mm-hmm. part, too. You look at some of the analytical numbers out there on the defensive side. They're not great, not elite level, certainly for A.J. Green. That's something that he's going to have to show to do. But you also think of how how reliant you and I was offensively oh, on him. Oh, my God, Trent. And how many possessions yes. it would be him getting a couple uh-huh. high screens and trying to do something and go off the dribble and, and, and those kind of things. Every
2: single time they took the floor, the the, the scout was... Watch him. Yes, know where he is. Know he's going to shoot it. Know that he's got the ability to make it. Now, um, I mean, that'll free him up. The competition <laughs> yeah. goes up significantly. So, so we'll see. Look, I'm rooting for the kid. Now, selfishly, would it have been better. He said, Iowa State. Yes, yeah, say it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's better for business when I and Iowa State are good. It's good for us here at KXNO. Um, and then they don't think that this eliminates Iowa State from tournament conversation? No. They
0: went from rock solid, absolutely no doubt NCAA sure. tournament team with A.J. Green. I don't think right. there's any doubt in my mind. So, here's the roster next year. And there's still so many unknowns with it. So, guys coming back. Kelsher. Mm-hmm. We know what he can do. We've talked about it at the you know what off. Can't shoot it. Right? Every now and then he'll go for 30. Right. But for the most part, <laughs> right. a limited offensive player. I, yeah. I think him off the dribble, as we saw in the Wisconsin yep. game, that's his best course yep. of action going forward. But a guy now... Deep into his career, mm-hmm. you're feeling good. Jazz Koontz. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's still more upside in Jazz Koontz. And we, and we saw some of that this year. That corner three uh-huh. is a thing of beauty, and I think you can see even more. Then you get
2: into Robert Jones.
3: He's a backup piece. He's
2: a 12-minute guy, yeah. but he certainly had his moments. And we both loved his tenacity mm-hmm. and his toughness that he was, was on display throughout the Big 12. So, yeah, he's a good piece. He's a big body. Yep. Big body, and yep. like you said, 12 minutes a game, you feel good about
0: that. Your backup center set. For all intents and purposes. Right. You got that one. Caleb Grill. The, the shooting Depends. at home is
2: baffling. It Just really. It,
0: it is. And shoot as poorly... Uh-huh. We know he's a good shooter. And to shoot that poorly uh-huh. in your own building, it, it is one of the great mysteries, certainly, of last really college is. basketball season. Yeah. How a guy struggled you know what, that
2: much. You know It's an anomaly, Trent,
0: right. at this point. You got three freshmen coming in. Tame and Lipsey. You've seen him, Really good. Yep. Really talented. Can get to the, really get to the hole. I'm so intrigued by Eli King.
2: Mm-hmm. The two-guard out of Minnesota. Yep. Yeah,
0: really intrigued by him. In fact, next time we have Chris Monteron before the draft, yep. let's talk, because I know he's watched a lot of his games at the AAU circuit, want to get his thoughts on Eli King. And DeBarry Watson is, of the three unknown freshmen, he's the most unknown. Just not a whole lot on him in comparison to those other two guys. The transfers. Jern Holmes mm-hmm. can score. Okay. Can get to the rim. Really good off the bounce. Not a great shooter. Osuni, the big guy. Yep. 6'11", 6'10", yep. 6'11",
2: right? Great
0: defensive player, yep. limited offensively, but... Well, but fits defense in. is
2: just calling card.
0: This is a good defensive team. Uh-huh. Hassan Ward from VCU. Eh. Don't know anything about him. Right. Yep. Didn't score a whole lot in the A-10. Another defensive guy. We're still looking for shooting. Right. Trey King, the Georgetown transfer. That was there this past season. Yep. Speaking of unknowns. Mm-hmm. Heard some good things, but we got to see. Right. On that one. Yeah, it's been a while since he's played. And then finally, Jeremiah Williams from Temple. So... Yep.
2: Who's shooting the ball? Well, I don't know, but you know what? If they have to win fifty-four to fifty, they've shown that they can do that. Absolutely have. Look, Wisconsin made a, has made a living doing that yes.
0: for years. It's been thirty years now. Uh huh. Go back to Bennett Ball, right? When he brought in, oh, it was terrible. It was tough to watch. Michael Finley, and Rasheed uh-huh. Griffin, and early on, and well, this is forty-eight, forty-four. It's but a you win. Know what? It's a win. It's a win. Yep. Would you take the alternative? Would you take two and twenty-two? <laughs> We've seen that. or go twenty-two and eleven. Yeah. And win basketball games. So that, you're,
2: just, you're just focusing. You're, you're you're cheering at the other end of the floor. Absolutely, and that's okay. That was the case. This is what I loved about Iowa State this year: their mm-hmm. commitment to playing defense. It was on display seemingly every night. There were maybe the game in Oklahoma got away from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Remember in early January, but no, this was the, that was their calling card, and it's not seemingly going to be the case this year. Tournament team. I put them strictly on the bubble right now. Sure, why not?
0: They, they look like a going to be great defensively. Mm-hmm. We still have a lot of question marks on what they're going to be offensively. Let's go to Iowa City. All right, you return Chris Murray. Yep. I, at minimum. Without Chris Murray, I think they're a bad basketball team. A bad basketball mm-hmm. team. A losing record basketball team. With him? Tournament team? Hope so. <laughs> so you got, coming back, Rebracha. Yep. Who is what he is yep yeah, but you know what there was moments there too absolutely yep. can it be our overpowered at times he's an undersized center sure but I, I think he plays incredibly hard you're fine there right mm-hmm. yep you would like to see more you need to see those other two centers develop certainly and help him out you got to get something out of either a gun delay this season or or the other big
2: Riley Mulvey. You need to get... Mm-hmm. And this should be Riley Mulvey's freshman year. Right. He should be just uh, receiving his diploma from high school at this point. We talked about the 12 minutes that
0: Robert Jones gives Iowa State.
2: Yes. If you can get one of those guys consistently Excellent. giving you 12 Excellent minutes, comparison,
0: yes. You're feeling really good. Yep. That Every time you know, hey, we're going to give him three minutes mm-hmm. here, three minutes there, and he is going to go in there and not screw things up and play defense and rebound and do those things. If they can get it out of one of those two, you're feeling really good. Now your wings. You got Chris Murray. Yep. Listening to Kenyon last night on Hawk Central with, with Chad and Kennington. You know, he was talking about how different Chris's game is. Growing up, he was a point guard. And we've heard about the growth spurt that both of them mm-hmm. went through and those kind of things. And what they were like 6-1 until their junior year. And then the growth spurt happened for both of them. But he is more of a facilitator. He is more of a playmaker than Keegan. Now, Keegan, his ability to get to the rim, make those baskets in the paint – that's something that Chris isn't. Though no, Chris right. had to play center at times last year, he's more of a wing kind of guy. We've always heard that he's a better shooter uh-huh. than Keegan, an outside shooter, coupled with an ability to be more of a playmaker, off the bounce a little bit more, be that kind of player, if he turns into an All-Big Ten player. And I think a lot of people anticipate that. I anticipate that. I think he's going to make that kind of leap. Got some pressure on him, Trent. <laughs> yes. He really does. Patrick McCaffrey. Uh-huh. Uh, November, December, January. Mm-hmm. How many times do we come in and say... Basketball IQ. I brought that yep. up so many times. Mm-hmm. I had never seen a player that had been around basketball that I thought had a worse coach's son mm-hmm. basketball IQ than Patrick McCaffrey. And that improved. Without a doubt. As the season went on, both offensively and defensively, that really improved. Now, you're probably going to need more from him rebounding. He's going to have to be a more consistent player offensively. He's going to also have to make a leap. But
2: There's a leap there, Trent.
0: There is. Yep. Absolutely. I see that happening. And then maybe the biggest revelation of the last back half of the year when Iowa played really well was Tony Perkins. Without a doubt. I want to throw this by you. Tony Perkins last year towards the end of the year, he was running the point a lot. You know, It was Jabo bo actually going the two, and it wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't working with Toussaint and him, but it was Perkins running the point a lot. There was that stretch where I think it was like six out of eight games where Perkins had four or five assists in each of those games towards the end of the season. He's a playmaker. He's good off the bounce. Can he be your point guard? Because if if Tony Perkins becomes your point guard, and maybe not for even 25 minutes a game, or 15 minutes a game. And then you got Uless and Bowen, and you'll see kind of those guys. But your starting point guard is Tony Perkins. That means you got, on the wings, Chris Murray, along with Patrick McCaffrey. And then at two guard, you can put Sanford in there. You you can play that game, and and Sanford becomes that outside shooting. I I think think he
2: takes a big step this year. I really do. And we saw great things and out of we him. We did. And I think he takes a major step this year.
0: This is not as deep of a team no, as but we're this, got, this team's got a chance, Trent. More likely to make the NCAA tournament. Well, I don't know enough about the Iowa State kids. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Hawks?
0: You're going Iowa. Lead in Iowa.
2: But I, I don't is want to be Is it because of Chris in. Murray? It's that. Because you have
0: a star. The, right. A and potential I, star. And I don't know enough about the transfers mm-hmm. yeah. or the freshmen. How they fit in. Right. And some of those times, and we go back the last decade of Iowa State transfers, there's some guys that you think, oh, yeah, he might be all right. And then they turn out to be DeAndre, mm-hmm. Kane. Well, okay. DeAndre King. Well, DeAndre Kane committed. <laughs> right. Okay, nice piece. Put up nice n- numbers at Marshall. Okay. Dude was a stud. Took over. Absolute stud. Yep. He might be... He might be my favorite basketball player of the last decade of Iowa State. I just, I really? loved watching his game. There was just something about uh-huh. him that clicked. No, he was great, but nobody was selling the bill of goods that we got out of DeAndre Kane. That's true. And then there are other ones that he kind of got excited about, and it didn't hit. Those transfers. It's difficult to know what exactly they're going to be. I think I'm with you. If, if we had to put odds on it, I would make the NCAA tournament. Are they a minus? Mm.
2: Yes. No. Oh yes, they're yes. they're minus minus one
0: twenty. Yes, and even on the other side right. for the no, Iowa State. The yes would be plus one ten, sure, something like that. Yeah, let's talk to our friends at Circa, see if we can get that prop
2: up. That that's not bad. That's not, that's not bad. Look I, again. I don't want to be locked in because I don't know what the Iowa State roster yeah. looks like. I don't think I've, I. mean, if I've seen them play, I certainly didn't go out of my way to notice them. So we'll see. But it's going to be fun. Look, this time last year there was no hope for Iowa State. They nope. hired the wrong guy. Right? I mean, come on, Otzelberger. There wasn't much There's hope a for lazy Iowa. lazy hire. There wasn't much hope for Iowa either. That's true. And look at both of them. <laughs> right. So let's get to T.J. Otzelberger. And he absolutely deserves every penny that he got in the raise. You tack on another year. That's a lot to do with recruiting. I'm glad that T.J. Otzelberger... Um, that the Jamie Pollard stepped up. No, it's not a shock. They're friends, obviously. That's why he's here in the first place. But he exceeded, far exceeded everybody's expectations for this for this team. Look, they won two games, and they made it the second weekend of the tournament for crying out loud. And that's because they. They, they wanted to be coached, mm-hmm. and TJ wanted to coach him and did and deserves it, and I'm happy for him. He brought in the right guys. Yes, he did. He brought in the
0: right crew, uh-huh. and to do that on the fly like he did, and to go out and find guys that fit his style of basketball. And then to get them to do. believe. Right. You're not a two-win team. And the returning guys, and to get them to buy in, it's very easy. If you ever played for a bad team, very easy to kind of fall into bad mm-hmm. habits, right? Sure. And to break them, and to do it right away to get that buy-in, not just with the guys that you brought in, but the leftovers, the guys that stayed. That says a lot about T.J. Lotzenberger and what he was able to do in that first year. It's not going to get any easier. The Big 12 is a behemoth. Right, right. And even when Texas and Oklahoma depart, that thing is still going <laughs> to yes, be it is. an absolute behemoth. That, that conference, basketball, it has been a decade-plus now, the best conference in college basketball. Is that slowing down? No. You see Kansas taking a step back, even no, don't. with everything hanging over their head?
2: Look, the, the Oklahoma would be missed in football, not so much in basketball. Right. Texas is a sleeping giant in both. I mean, one of these years you would think. But how many Final Fours has Texas been to? That's just it. One? That's just it. I mean, with all that talent. Kevin Durant can get there. That's true.
0: I love that roster coming into last year. Mm-hmm. I love the coaching there. I kept layer. betting on him all season long. <laughs> right. Just And it never clicked uh-huh. for that team. But all of a sudden now you bring in. Cincinnati, one of the most historic programs in the country. BYU, mm-hmm. another one. Top 20 all-time. You're missing one. In terms of wins. And the biggest one basketball-wise. Yes. It just... And UCF, I think, is a sleeping giant. Okay, but Houston is there. And, and, and they're there already. Right. And they got some big news themselves uh, yesterday. Huge. It's a monster conference. TJ is 10th in pay still, even after the raise. Is he? In re- the I conference. didn't realize that. Jerome Tang, it- who whew. has the Kansas State job, the former yeah. Baylor assistant... Yeah. He's still paid more than what T.J. Otzberger is. But here's the thing. You keep winning, guess what? Yep. That salary will keep and going the, up.
2: And the, and the years tacked on at the end will keep will continue to be added on. Good stuff. Um, yeah, A.J. Green, will he ever play in the pros? Don't know. But he's got a better chance at 22 than he does next year at 23. He's a fringe player. I think it comes right down to that. Bottom line.
0: Well, what's the biggest knock right now on Keegan Murray? The biggest knock is his age. Mm-hmm. Dude's 21. Right. He was that, 19? That's the biggest <laughs> yeah. knock against him. Right. It's not his game. No. It's not how it translates to the next level. There's people that believe he has the best chance earliest of being an All-Star. I've read that multiple times from different people, mm-hmm. that he could be an All-Star earliest out of this whole crew coming out. But
2: dude's Dude, 21. That's you know, taking a chance.
0: <laughs> so, all right, he plays 12 years in the league and he retires at 33.
2: Great. Right.
0: As opposed to retiring at 31. <laughs> Just.
2: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's there's a lot of buzz uh, that he won't get past five to Detroit. Yeah. In, I think Indiana would really like him to be a pacer, but they sit at six, and seemingly the Pistons, uh, there's so much stuff out there before yeah. the draft, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. But, boy, seemingly the Pistons are zeroing in on him. We We shall see how it goes, but... Yeah, pretty busy day for kind of a slow day yesterday, right? Uh, game one tonight, NBA championship. What's the series price? Uh, last I looked, it was
0: minus one fifty for Golden State and plus one thirty five uh, for the Celtics. Let's get an updated look here at that. Number. And what's the what's the number tonight? Three and a half. Pretty much across the board. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even see any juice anywhere when I looked this really? morning. It was minus one ten, three and a half across the board and basically everywhere that you can bet here in the state of Iowa Mm -hmm. and out in Nevada. So, we both are leaning Celtics. I like them, yes. Here's what I think I'm going to do. What series was it that I did this earlier in the NBA playoffs? Tonight I do like Golden State. I'm probably going to lay it, I think, with the three and a half. Certainly going to play, if I do a same game parlay, I'll do Golden State money line. But I might wait for tonight before I bet the series price. Ah, I
2: gotcha. Because you. if you Golden State wins, you get a better price. Get a better price yep, on yep, Boston. Yep.
0: Now, of course, that means that Boston needs to win four of the next six, but I, I think it can happen. I Rolling the dice a little bit, because mm-hmm. if Boston takes game one, well, now I just lost my opportunity, right? Because I'm going to guess at that point, Boston... If not a slight favorite, it's basically going to be even
2: pickle, probably yeah, yeah. something to
0: that range. So yeah. that makes it, I guess, a little bit more difficult to do it. But yeah, that's how I'm going to roll the dice. That's how I'm going to be playing it. Lay off tonight, and then I'm going to grab the Celtics again with the series price going into Game Two.
2: Uh, have you seen, We can't bet MVPs yet. Not yet. Not till July first. Not till July first. I'd love to take a cra- you know, he's played really well in this thing. Wiggins has been terrific, and I didn't, I don't know think he had this part of his game. Andrew Wiggins seemed to. You know, disappear in big spots. He always had the talent, but Wiggins has been great in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, it's easy when you're the fourth option too. Well, sure, that's true. And he wasn't in Minnesota. That's mm-hmm. a fair point. Yeah, he is the fourth option. That's that's an excellent point because poole has been really good, mm-hmm. and of course Thompson and all that other guy. He's pretty good too. Curry. Um, what, re- re- real quick before we get to Jeff, here, mm-hmm. did you did you watch any of the golf last night? I didn't. I watched the first. I watched the tee shots on the first hole and. That was enough. That just, you know, I didn't get into it. I
0: didn't get into it either. I just I couldn't. Could we bet on it in Iowa? We could yes. We could. That at least I saw it available. I don't know if that was legal yet. Yeah, I don't know
2: if it is or not. But I, yeah,
0: I saw it, I saw it listed. I think both the DraftKings and Circa. That
2: would be the only way you would stick with watching something like that. I would I think, think so. Right? If you had a if you had an investment or an opinion on the game, I tried. I mean, Barkley and J. J. Watt were the com- two of the commentators, and you know, Charles Barkley is terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was. Eh. Just wasn't good. Now, the golf course is beautiful. Yeah. Right behind the wind, it's spectacular. It's, uh, formerly, the Desert Inn. The wind was built right on the Desert Inn property. Speaking of that, you said you were going to golf when you are in Vegas. Did you do that? No. 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 Went <laughs> I, sh-
0: I shouldn't went, be surprised. <laughs> no.
2: We went to Top Golf. Okay. And the line was 50 minutes. To play top golf, yeah. and this was at four o'clock in the afternoon. Well, go have a Stella, sit at the bar, and wait for your turn. Well, we did. We went in bet harness racing. It uh, <laughs> another shock. <laughs> yeah, we went in bet horses and, and drank Stella.
0: Couldn't Speaking wait the of fifty shock,
2: minutes. You know, I I had a piece of letter, a mail yesterday that just floored me. Double A-R-P? Well, that I keep getting yeah, that. Yeah. Piss, no, that's, yeah. So I got my. I have to renew my green card. My green card is up for renewal. Sure. Every 10 years, I have to do it. The price tag. Oh, really? It's 540 bucks. Little sticker shock there, huh? Little st- I don't even think. Trent, I think it was like 100 bucks in the past. Really? 540 bucks. Well, if you don't pay it, we'll send you back to Canada. Well, that's just it, right? I mean, I have no choice. But I was kind of, didn't need that at this time. Anyways. Um, let's get Jeff in here. And they're blue, by the way. They're not
1: green. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the program. How are you? Good, Ken. Welcome back. uh, The godfather of talk radio in Des Moines. Welcome back, Ken. Uh, Excuse me. Thank you. Let's talk game one. Um, First of all, I think it's hilarious. I know it's talk radio and you watch ESPN and these other markets, but – you know, for them to say that Steph Curry needs
2: yeah, I'm an with MVP
1: you. is hilarious.
2: Right, he's a
1: three-time champion, right. a two-time MVP, one unanimous. Uh-huh. He's changed the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. Kids are outside shooting 25 footers because of Steph Curry. Yeah, um, the way you defend a three-point line because of Steph Curry. So, I don't want to go on, you know, longer on this tangent, but it's hilarious that he needs to win this or win an MVP. He's a four-time champion. If they win, that's in pretty high, high class. So, at first, I just wanted to say that. Second, a couple stats for you guys. Winning game one, the winner, wins the series 75% of the time. Mm -hmm. If you win the game at home, you're at 85% winner of the series. So, I think, you know, I thought I heard Trent say maybe he's going to wait to take the Celtics, you know, after game one. I think if the Celtics don't win Game One, which is bizarre to think, I don't think they're winning the series. Statistically, and, you're right. Statistically, and and I and I know this might be hype, you know, kind of high out there. But if they lose Game Two and go down O two, which I know the series don't start till you win on the road. But if, do you think Boston can win four out of six <sighs> games against the Golden State? I don't. Yeah, I don't either. So. So I think Game One is massive, mm-hmm. and another nugget that I don't know if you guys know, and I maybe I could be wrong, Trent. Double check if double check me if I'm right. But the, every game is on a third day. Yes, and they play third no, day. No, there, there's
2: there's one playing. there's one that only has uh, between three and four. But yes, you're you're right okay. for the most part because uh, Game Two is Sunday night.
1: Correct. So to think, and I I know that's kind of crappy for fans, but if barring injury, this should be a great series. Mm-hmm. There should be no fatigue. There should be no uh, no, nothing. This should be, hopefully, because you guys have talked about it, there's been a lot of blowout. Hopefully, this is a entertaining NBA Finals, and I have Golden State in sixth. And I think I like Golden State tonight to win and cover. So, thank you, guys. Uh, yep, yeah,
2: thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, the ser- if it goes the distance, June the 19th is game seven. Which, okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know Stretch what? Is, is, is this part of my thinking? Is this clouding my... my um, my, my take, my opinion of this series. I mean, is, is it just... We're overthinking it because we want to stretch it out. Maybe. Because this, to me, is the toughest month of what we do. June. June. Yeah. By July, we got right around the corner. Yeah, there's all the media days. days yeah, I mean, the anticipation starting you to You can build. really
0: feel yes. it's starting to happen. Yes. June. You're right. June is, I think, the most difficult mm-hmm. period, certainly in this not, market. Not what we difficult, have. but no. it's
2: it's it's difficult maybe to find topics that keep an audience. Absolutely. Look, Iowa and Iowa State moved the needle. Mm-hmm.
0: And what have we opened with today? Right. We did 18 minutes on Iowa and Iowa State basketball But June. on
2: June the 14th, will we be able to do that? I mean, I hope so that there's something percolating up there. Not a bad story. I mean, the the last June story I remember was hit the fan over in Iowa City right. a couple of years ago.
0: But... It was so great to have the Capital City League and the Prime Time League because it was just it was, was a content. jumping off right. It's a jumping off point. Uh-huh. It was this player went off for forty two. Not that it translates to, but it's just a starting point to begin right. the conversation to talk something locally. And without the Primetime League anymore, we don't get that. It's
2: mm-hmm. it's just and the Capital City League is going to is going to happen this year, but without Iowa State. So what and does without that mean? Drake too. Did, did I see that? Say that? Um, I know the clones aren't involved. Yeah. Anyways, we'll get our time out. Tom dot HawkeyeReport.com, Mar and Chris Murray. More on the Big Ten uh, with our friend Tom Kakerd from Hawkeye Report. He will join us coming up.
0: That uh, series price that you asked, I got it here. Currently Celtics plus 135, the Warriors minus 155 at circa.
2: Mm-hmm. 35 got you thinking? Well, it does, but you know what? I'm starting to think, am I, am I just, um, you know, is my vision clouded because I want a long series? I'm trying to convince one. myself yeah. that uh, that this thing's going go to go. The... Yeah, I'm with Jeff boy. if Boston can get this one tonight on the road. <sighs> uh, 10.30, Miller and Condon, Tom Kicker next, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Now, back to
1: Miller and Condon.
2: On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. We take you up until noon. Let's get our friend Tom Cakert in here. HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, Trent, Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you, Tom Cakert? Well, I'm doing well. Good. It's hard to take you away from uh, enjoying the Platinum Jubilee for the Queen her seventieth year on the throne. Uh, we'll... <laughs>
3: hey, yeah, uh, I'm just waiting for the uh, for the Chris Murray Zoom that's coming up at eleven.
2: Oh, so. is there one? Good, good stuff. Well, uh, yeah. so Tom, before we get into Chris Murray, and I do obviously we want to get into that because Trent and I spent some time earlier going over the roster. Just uh, Marion Barber passed away yesterday. What a one-two punch in that Gophers backfield, right? I can't remember the circa what two thousand three, four. Mm-hmm. Mer, 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 Lawrence yep. Maroney and Marion and Barber, my God those two were good.
3: oh, and you know i I'll, I'll always remember Trent probably remembers this is uh is uh um game in Iowa City, and Bob Sanders mm-hmm. came up in the goal line and just <laughs> smoked Maroni and I, Maroney was not the same the rest of the day. Wow. <laughs> I
0: think that was the 2004 game. I think that was also the Ed Hinkle game yeah. where Ed Hinkle had three touchdowns at yeah. that one. Following season, <laughs> Greenway up in the Dome, he made a play on third down that made him attempt to what, 54-yard field goal that was well off as mm. Iowa survived, and me and my buddies were all dressed up as Hayden that day. Nice, of course you
2: were. <laughs> yeah, Bob, imagine that, right? Bob, Sa- Bob Sanders laying a lick yeah. at the goal. Boy, he was fun to watch. My gosh. Yeah, but sad that uh, Marion Barber mm. passed away. What a one-two punch. Maroney went to where? The Patriots? Yep. And, of course, Barber was yep. a cowboy for the longest time, and uh, that's where I remember him. Anyways, so Chris Murray, the Zoom coming up at 11 o'clock. Tom, how close was it, do you think? Obviously, it went down to the final day. When do you think the decision ultimately was made? I mean, did he sleep on it, uh, I guess, Wednesday night going into yesterday? Was it Was it um, still up in the
3: air at that point, do you think? Um, I don't think it was. It was all that close, uh, I, I, you know, just based on what I've, I've heard. I just think it's uh, – it, it was they, – they just went through the process. There were some teams that, that legitimately thought about him in the first round, but, um, you know, ultimately, um, if you're going to make that decision, you have to have that sort of guarantee that, hey, we're going to take you in the first round, and um, otherwise he was coming back. And I, I think there's a, been a strong pull – all along for Chris, Chris is a competitive kid. He wants to kind of come back and be the man at Iowa. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I think that's been a big pull for him. And I think he's pretty excited to to, uh, to be back uh, and, and be able to lead this team. So with Chris back, certainly
0: improves the chances of them at the very minimum of being a tournament team again next season. Ten, Ken and I were kind of kicking around a little bit what the roster is going to look like. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Tony Perkins as a point guard. We saw him last year running the point a lot with Bohannon out there. It wasn't strictly Jordan just going from the two to the one. They kind of shared those duties, and and I thought Perkins played his best basketball. I don't know if it's 20, 25 minutes a game, but for 15 minutes a game, could Tony Perkins be your point guard? Maybe, most importantly to some people, be the starting point guard and how that changes what the lineup would be.
3: I threw that in an article yesterday. Hmm. Um, uh, my quote my, my, I'm looking right at it, is one wild card idea as a backcourt that could be moving Perkins to point and starting Peyton Sanford uh-huh. at the shooting guard I position. Like Great it.
0: minds think like, alike, Tom
2: Caker. I like it.
3: Yep, uh, because uh, and Fran has talked about Perkins, you know, playing some point. I'll tell you what, though, guys. They are super high on DeSante Ball. Now, mm-hmm. He's a freshman coming in, so you just, you know, chickens, uh, being hatched a little bit here, Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you gotta, that, that's something that I think is going to be one of the most intriguing storylines, um, as the season progresses for Iowa is if he takes over as kind of the starting point guard, uh, because I think that's, uh, A real possibility that either he's starting or he's playing the bulk of minutes, um, just because I know Fran uh, is super high on Basante and what he can do.
2: Interesting, you know Tom, who I think uh, is gonna we're gonna be um, you know we rewind the tape to the doldrums of June when you and I and Trent are talking about this team, what we're going to see. I think we're going to, I think Peyton Sanford's going to be a big talker uh, late in the season this year because I think there's a major, major step in his future in a positive direction. I mean, we saw glimpses of it last year, right? I think think that he's going to be a guy that we talk a lot about this season.
3: And he is not shy. That's the thing you really like about him is that he could miss 10 in a row and he's, he's got that mentality where the 11th one's going in and goes <laughs> right. the 12th one. Yeah. So, um, and you don't see that from freshmen a lot of times, especially on a fairly experienced team like Iowa was last year. Um, but he embraces what Fran preaches, which is let it fly. You know, mm-hmm. I trust you. Take the shot if you're open. Uh, and he did that last year, and he made a lot of them. And I thought he played really well especially down the stretch played some made some big shots in that uh, big 10 tournament run um yeah so you know it, it's an interesting team i i kind of penciled in at least to start the season or chris murray patrick perkins and ulis as starters but connor's going to play a lot i mm-hmm. think he's you know somebody the other day kind of c- compared him connor to like what draymond green does for uh for golden state and I don't know if it's exactly that, but it's something like that, you know. Maybe he's not the uh, defensive stalwart like Draymond, but he do, he doesn't have to score to impact the game, and I think that's right. kind of what they look for. You no, know, I, I, yeah,
2: I get what the person meant
0: mm-hmm. that told you that, right? Yeah, games are different, yeah. but And we saw Connor last year; he was guarding big guys inside. Yeah. He was out in the perimeter, and boy, you got to anticipate an off-season of health, an ability coming back from the injuries that he has had. See a little bit more of that quickness that we saw early on. I mean the Connor McCaffrey that we're going to see next season get a look different you think maybe even physically than what we saw even this season
3: yeah and i don't you know I don't also discount the idea that maybe he's the starting point guard, oh okay you know mm-hmm. just to you know i don't I don't discount that um as a as a possibility just because he's like a coach on the floor you know he i will never forget that game that where he set out when he had the i think it was spring ankle or something and, and he had the coach's note cards in his hands, and he was coaching the team, <laughs> literally coaching the team during timeout. So, I mean, he's going to be a coach in the future, mm-hmm. whether Margaret uh, lets him or not, <laughs> whether his mom lets him or not. Mom does not want him in the family business. Let's just put it that way. But I don't think she's going to be able to stop him from yeah. being a coach.
0: Don't see her certainly winning that argument. Hey, back to Chris Murray for a moment. And listen to – I know you had an opportunity to talk to Kenny and yourself. You'll hear from Chris here in just a little bit. The differences in the game, as we're all anticipating seeing a big leap out of him, how different his game is compared to Keegan. One thing I heard Kenyon mention last night on Hawk Central was more of a facilitator. When they were growing up playing AU, he was a point guard. So the differences that you see between Keegan and Chris, is we're going to see Chris out there 32 minutes a game this year.
3: Yeah, and Kenyon and I talked about that last night on our podcast, too, that he was, you know, he's a facilitator, he's better at that than. Than, than Keegan is, and um, you know he. One thing he talked about too. I asked him how did he improve when he was, you know, in Chicago for six eight weeks working on his game with the you know coaches and, and different things the, the trainers, and they adjusted some of his shot, uh, and he's already a good shooter. So um, you know, I, I think that's um, that's going to be one of the things to, to watch. The thing with Chris is. And I think we've seen that in in the kind of the Iowa tenure between Chris and Keegan is Chris is kind of like about like twelve months behind Keegan, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of development, um, just kind of how he developed. So is he going to have that big leap? Uh, maybe, you know, fingers I, I crossed. a possibility,
2: <laughs> yeah, fingers real crossed. Real
3: possibility that could that could happen. Now, is he going to put up, you know, twenty four and nine? You know, I think he's going to have. I, I joked with Kenyon last night. I think he's going to have that on his wall because he's competitive mm-hmm. with his brother. In fact, mm-hmm. Kenyon told me that they're playing one on one in Chicago a lot, and 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 uh, uh, Chris was beating Keegan all the time. <laughs> Even, but Keegan doesn't like to admit it. You
2: know? <laughs> well, uh, Tom, I'm seeing a lot, and again, you got to take everything with, with, with regards of what sports draft is coming up. Everything with a grain of salt, right, uh, right? But boy, it seems like the Pistons are starting to fall in love with Keegan Murray. Do you see that?
3: Yeah, I think that's probably, and, and that, honestly, that's not a bad place for him to be. To be honest, you mm-hmm. look at that roster with Stewart at center. You got Kate Cunningham as kind of the mm-hmm. facilitator. You got Sadiq Bay there. Uh, as kind of a shooting wing, um, you kind of just throw throw him in there as the, the the four, and boy, that's a suddenly Detroit becomes really interesting. Yep. You know, we'll see. Uh, last uh,
2: last thing for me, basketball related. Tom Trent uh, may have another follow up, but who plays more minutes next year, Riley Mulvey or Joss Gundley?
3: Uh, good question. Um, I would probably say. Right now, Josh. But um, I know on the the Hawk Central show last night, uh, Kenyon was talking about Riley. So, was he um, in a positive yeah, we'll vein? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Um, it's big that one or both those guys just have to come on. Yes, uh, they do. They just need that that size because it just doesn't look like that portal thing is going to happen. It's just you know, um, you know, it's a. The bidding war out there, and Iowa, I don't think is equipped at this point to uh, engage in those uh, those uh, those kind of uh, battles.
0: Well, we were told about a month ago it's that coming, yeah, the uh, media rights were going to be done by Memorial Day. Well, that is coming on. Here we are into June for the Big Ten. It's going to be huge money. We know about that. And, Tom, I I think we listen to many of the same podcasts because I saw up at Hawkeye Report you were talking about listening to Marshawn and O'Ran and their sports media podcast. Yeah. And they're talking, and they laid this out beautifully. Ken, I hadn't told you this yet. All right, we got the big noon kickoff, 11 o'clock for us here. Mm -hmm. Go into the 2.30 window on CBS. And then after the Notre Dame game, your night game for the Big Ten would be on NBC. So three windows. Three Three windows. Three different networks. (laughs) Three different networks. And three places that will spend some money. I, I, athletic directors have to and be salivating at that. Three national networks.
3: exactly, three Tom. national yes. networks. That's Fox, CBS. The yes. only one you're missing is ABC. Uh-huh. I mean, you're just, and it's the only show in town on those, wow. on uh, on at least two of those, the CBS and well, on NBC, they got Notre Dame, but, right. you know, still, I mean, you know, they're and, and you've seen NBC do so well with Sunday night football for, for yep. the uh, NFL yep. uh, and branding that as, you know, football night in America. You can bet <laughs> they're going to put college football night in America <laughs> on uh, blazing up there with the Peacock. Wow.
2: What's And this is, there's a chance this happens? There's a chance this happens. Yes. How much is this worth?
3: <laughs> Holy. That's, m- uh, that's the 71 mil plus a year and, and. And um, those guys also mentioned, you know, Amazon jumping in. What if ESPN gets left out completely? We're done with you.
0: It's a real mm-hmm. possibility. And I, I pose yeah. that to a few different people, Tom, and more and more people inside the industry, they believe that this is a real possibility that that's going to happen. So
2: who does ESPN get left with? I mean, well, they got everything SEC. Uh, they got yeah. the ACC. ACC. They got Big 12 still. Yeah.
0: And, you know, is ESPN
2: willing oh, well, to pay for... Does the Pac-12 get a, get a slice that's of this? That probably would be the biggest yeah. thing for ESPN,
0: is Pac-12, who is next up in the negotiations for conferences, that they would be the ones, it probably be the beneficiaries of more games being wow. on ESPN.
3: You know what I would do if I were NBC? I would try and get, uh, like, a Big Ten game to go at, like, six, and then do a deal yes. with it. Pac-12. Pac-12 after dark. dark. At nine o'clock. <laughs> yes. Oh. At nine o'clock. Yeah. it's a cool good it.
0: idea. Great idea. Well, we'll we'll make some calls. See what we can have. There. It's June. We're full of great ideas. <laughs> Absolutely, this is the time for it. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, Tom. Uh, speaking of podcast, you had a podcast earlier this week with one of your posters that is putting together the Swarm Collective. Collective has been a big yeah. part of our conversations the last two weeks. So fill us in, and it sounds like Iowa getting closer and closer to having their first collective.
3: Yeah, they're they're really close. The Swarm Collective uh, will be up and running uh, here soon and you know Gary Barda has said by the end of summer one thing I was not going to do which I think a lot of fans are going to I don't know there's going to be a wide variety of opinions there the, this collective is going to be more charity based they're going to you know want the, the players to earn it by doing charitable uh, work uh, in the community in eastern Iowa and central Iowa perhaps too and so that's part of the kind of the whole scheme of this and it's not going to be one of those where you're going to see the rumors of like oh he's getting you know three hundred thousand dollars to a year or whatever it's going to be more along the lines of you know a couple thousand bucks but it's going to depend on fans making donations Mm -hmm. to the collective it's it's purely crowdsource driven
2: yeah, uh, look, it's working in names with the We Will and uh, now the Swarm Collective. Good stuff. Tom, thanks for being flexible. Appreciate it. Uh, we will uh, talk with you next Friday. Thank you, Tom Cakert.
3: That sounds great. Thanks, guys. Yep, good to
2: talk to you. Tom dot HawkeyeReport.com as we catch up with our old buddy. All right, we'll take a time out, come back, finish up the hour. Uh, Tommy Birch is going to kick off hour number two. Really enjoying watching these big cubs with these Guys that are trying to make a mark in the uh, in in the big leagues. Uh, Birchie will join us to kick off the second hour of the program. Uh, we'll talk some NBA as well as Game 1 getting underway tonight. Scheduled for 8 o'clock. That means 8.20. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, one oh six Welcome back. Final minute here of the first hour of the program. Cubs cards begin a how many game series tonight? Is it a five game? It is yeah. five games. Double dip on Saturday. Uh, big spot. Cardinals are playing really really well, Trent. I'm yeah. starting to think I'm wrong.
0: That it's not going to be the Brewers. I'm starting to think so. Yeah, I can they're playing definitely see so that. well.
2: Those those Redbirds. How about Goldschmidt too? I mean, just Trent. The, the month of May that he had
0: the hitting streak just. Mm-hmm. Hitting streaks, you think of guys that can move a little bit, right? Yeah, he doesn't seem Not, to... not a lumbering guy. <laughs> right. And he just keeps swinging it well. This
2: Cardinals team, doesn't matter what the roster looks nope. like. They always got a chance. They do. You know, baseball is such a weird game, right? The Pittsburgh Pirates go into <laughs> Los Angeles and sweep the Dodgers. Took a three-game series from L.A. in L.A. It's just crazy. Isn't sports great? I love it. Absolutely love Best it. Best reality show in the
0: world. Sports. And uh, don't look now, but the Pirates just five games out of a wild card berth. No, come on. Six teams will make the playoffs this year, of course, and yeah. six teams
2: currently with a winning record huh. in the National That's League. That's it. How far, uh, where Where do the Cubs sit? Is there a chance the Cubs finish last? Yes. Since he's playing, well, you pointed that out yesterday. Yeah. They're only three and a half up on Cincy. Mm -mm -mm. Well, Tommy Birch is going to join us. We will talk some baseball with our friend Tommy Birch. He kicks off the second hour of the program. Uh, We will preview game one of the NBA final coming up with uh, Kyle Irving from the Sporting News. Miller and Condon, hour two next. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3